Now more than ever, it's so important that we foster and develop emotional intelligence. But did you know that needs are closely linked to emotions? And that when we know our needs and the more we fulfill them, the calmer and happier we are? Hashtag 52 Needs is a podcast that provides insights into how we can all make this happen. My name is Angela Heiser. I'm a professional coach and facilitator. And each week a guest joins me to discuss a different human need and how we can all improve and foster our emotional intelligence. Welcome to Hashtag 52 Needs. And this week we're exploring the need for respect in everyday life. And I have with me Kenny Mamorella de Cruz, who is the Man Whisperer, a consultant, coach, and guru of all things men, who helps men meet personal goals at work and in relationships. Kenny has been facilitating men's groups for over 20 years to empower men to live with purpose, passion, and power, and obviously lots of women as well, because you can't work with one and not with the other. He's an author, speaker, and mental health advocate. So welcome, Kenny. Thank you for joining me in this Thank discussion you. about what is respect. So I've got a question for you. Go respect for is defined as a positive feeling shown towards someone. So it's a positive feeling shown towards someone. That's a, that's a dictionary definition. So my question mm -hmm. is, does that mean you have to like someone to respect them? I think it's a lot harsher than that, actually. Um, I respect people more, um, especially my nearest and dearest, when they challenge me. When they say, um, are you sure? Are you doing that out of love or are you doing that out of fear? Are you doing that because of something negative or something positive? Um, and I respect that. I respect people who will risk our relationship by um, not so much criticizing me, but maybe holding up a mirror, wanting the best yeah. for me rather than wanting to be liked. So for me, respecting me is really caring enough for me to meet yeah. me at the edge, not in nicey-nicey land. Yeah. I generally say to people, when you have, if you have a choice between being liked or being respected, which one do you prefer? Mm, and, exactly. And they, exactly. generally the answer is, oh, respected. And I said, but that's not your action. Your action is all around being liked. Wow. So people actually say that. I, mm. Wow. Mm. Yep. Mm. Mm. So, mm. yeah, so I, I think it's really easy to love someone. It's much harder to respect someone because, as you said, but it's so much more rewarding. Don't you think? Um, I'll tell I you mean, what crossed my I'm mind. I'm all for love. Please don't get me wrong. I, I, I love oh, being totally. loved and I love loving people. But if it comes without respect, I'd rather not. If I sell out on myself for a fix of love from other people, then I can't respect myself. Mm -hmm. If I don't respect myself, then I don't really respect other people who like or respect me. And if they do, exactly. then I might respect them less, thinking, you fell for that. <laughs> I don't want them to, to fall for my act. I want them to challenge yeah. me. I want them to want the best for me and for yeah. me to want the best for them. And that is yeah. respecting enough and loving enough. What crossed my mind um, just a second ago was school. And I think in school, mm -hmm. I was a bit of an odd bod at times because I didn't really sell out on myself 
to bully or disrespect, you know, sexually during puberty to do with girls and stuff or putting other people down and things like that or experimenting with, I don't know, smoking or bad behavior and things because it wasn't true to me. Um, I didn't pretend to like things that I didn't like. I don't know anything about football where so many men or boys, they thought I had better pretend to like this and have something to say to be yeah. part of the gang. Um, so I was a bit weird in that way. I was more into theosophy from a very, very young age. <laughs> and this is in the 70s because I needed to respect myself. And I didn't like myself when I sold out on myself. And I think it might have been a bit strange, especially in those days, maybe more for my father, um, because a lot of men want their boys to be, I don't know, cool or sporty or popular in a certain way or, you know, some sort of a hero. Um, and maybe that's for their credibility or who they were or who they weren't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my father is just so cool. There's no way I could have outcooled him. Um, you know, he, he, he's done incredible things. He's saved a lot of lives. Not only was his life at risk um, and we got on the death list for saving lives in Africa, but when he was smuggled to Italy to run refugee camps, he got three of them on a hunger strike because they were being disrespected in refugee camps in Italy. Plus, so handsome driving trains, steam engines from Kenya and Uganda. The stories he's got, it's like, I'm not going to outcool that. Mm. And that's you. And I have to be me. And mm. I don't know who I am, but I need yeah. to find out who I am no longer going to be or not going to fall for because it doesn't leave space for me. Yeah. So maybe my respect addiction cost me popularity and respect but I quite like the way I've turned out and I think I'm still a bit quirky but it's got to start with me surely yeah. well it's really interesting that you should say that because obviously I grew up in the 70s as well and um, went you know secondary school and I was um, I was I didn't have a cool father but I was a girl and I was a second class citizen mm. um, in my family women were not respected and in school, I was the youngest in my grade. So I was going, wow. I, was, I was in class with kids who were sometimes two years older than I was. And when you're a teenager and you're 13 or 14 years old and you're, you're in class with 15, 16 year olds, it's a, it's a massive difference. It's a, it's a yeah. generational gap. Well, I didn't get any respect. I was bullied. I was made fun of. And I came to a place where I went, I really don't care anymore because you know, there's nothing I can do that would give me, that would help me gain respect because you're mm. not willing to give it to me. So the only mm. person I can respect is me and in my family as well. So that's why for me, respect is so important because I went, you know, if it, if it, it, it has to start with me. Mm. And, yeah. but I also, this is why it's also for me so important to extend respect to other people because, you know. Do you know, I, I wonder how you turned it around. That sounds tragic in so many ways. It's like the youngest, um, the disrespect because of your gender um, and school days, school problems, uh, for me, it felt like it lasted forever. It was a forever torture. 
rather than, oh, it's just another day, it'll pass and I'll be out of school. It's like, no, this is life. That really, um, I'm sorry that you went through that. That sounds really tough. Um, I'm chuffed at who you've turned out as though. It's like the goodness that you do. Um, And I feel like the pain that I've had um, and whether I've sold out or not, or whether I've done the right thing or the wrong thing, um, I've taken part and I've, I guess I've hopefully turned a lot of it around so I can be here and now learning more and more to respect myself and respect other people because I love the feeling. I love the intimacy of it. I love the growth of it. I love the vulnerability of it. You know, these days since lockdown, the number of men that say to other men that never would before this, I miss being with you. Mm. I need to be in the same room. I want to go for a walk. I need to be touched. It's not just, you know, let's get pissed. It's nothing as cheap and and throwaway as that. It's a lot more intimate. People Mm. telling each other how much they like them and and like each other and miss each other. Now that is vulnerable. That's respecting Mm. my feelings and our relationship and giving energy to what I want to grow. Now that's powerful. It's also been the greatest opportunity to cull people (laughs) who I just thought, you know, we're going on different paths and the old habits Mm. no longer exist. And I respect Mm -hmm. myself and you more than dragging this on to let you go. And here's the perfect catalyst. And that can take a lot of courage. And I wonder how many people collude to maintain popularity, to maintain a certain sense of comfort rather than crossing the line and telling the truth. Um, And, you know, a couple of dangerous things I've said to close friends is I'm scared of you now because of how vulnerable I am with you and how open I am with you. And to say something maybe as childish or vulnerable as that, game changer. We Mm. get to meet in a different place and there's a different level of respect, of care, of truth, of growth. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, vulnerability is absolute key because we can hide behind facades and just say, you know, this is just who I am, but it's not really me, but respect what I show you. But when I say this is me warts and all, you know, and this is how I show up in the world, warts and all. Yeah. Do you, and it's not about, do you still like me? Do you respect me? Yeah. That is yeah. a, that, as you said, that is a game changer. Yeah. There's um, a blog. I wrote a cheap line, a life changing line that I wrote actually from am I to I am. Mm-hmm. And my am I used to be, am I liked? Am I safe? Am I going to be humiliated? Am I going to be abandoned? Am Mm. I putting on the right show? Am I who you want me to be? Am I the right act so you will respect me? And we are, I am safe. And it's all giving the power out. And it's all about second guessing. And it's quite impossible because there are aspects of my extended family Um, where there was so much panic and pain that there was a lot of secrets and lies. And as Mm. soon as a lie was told, 
that compulsive lie would be truth and need to be defended. And it's yeah. very common in relationships where I'm too scared to be intimate with you. And this has got nothing to do with sexuality. This is about truth. This is about, you know, an intimate relationship. I'm too scared to do it. But if we have a common enemy, then we bond. And I noticed mm. that happen in my family is if I gossip about that one, then surely yeah. we're closer. So things yeah. like that. So the am I? Well, impossible, because I didn't even know the secrets and lies that were going on about me. Can't be fixed, can't be controlled. Yeah. A pointless frenzy of toxic energy. So then I realized that somehow I need to break the spell on that addiction. And the simplest way, the only way that I found to do that is as soon as I found myself in my head with am I, then mm -hmm. without even thinking to the end of the sentence, acknowledging that I've never really fixed anything in my head, I take a deep breath in. And as I breathed in, I get out of my head, into my body and out of panic. So I'd breathe in and I'd think, thank you for reminding me who I used to be. So yeah. that went in the past. And as yeah. I breathed out, I'd take part with what's in front of me. Yeah. And I could come from I am. And in yeah. a breath, I'm no longer a fearful little boy. In a breath, mm. the man in me is present or the adult in me is present and connected yeah. with that scared child. And yeah. I can respond rather than react. I can listen rather than second guess. I can yeah. collaborate rather than compete. And my I am yeah. from my being, from my self-respect and my truth, I can extend to the world, to everyone. And it includes mm. me and therefore it includes you. And we're all going to have a much calmer, peace, more peaceful, happier time of it, surely. So for me, that yeah. was a life changer. And I was addicted yeah. to the survival. And there was no space for much more. But mm. the turnaround, what a relief. Mm. I remember a time, I mean, I... I finished reading this self-development section of the of uh, my town's library at the age of fifteen, um, because I, <laughs> wow. I because I I I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. They mm. did the best they could, but it was again there was a lot of gossip, there was a lot of second guessing, mind reading, and just a lot of this is the way the world is, and I do not have to respect you for the way you view the world because mine my view is the the right one. But I still, I, 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 I mean, I didn't shake the, um, I, you know, am I, 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 I lived in that for quite a while and I did a lot of work on myself, but I remember there was one time we did this exercise where it was about stepping into an observer position and looking at yourself from the outside. And we differentiated that from, we learned to step into somebody else's shoes and mm. what we often do is, of course, when we step into somebody else's shoes, we take ourselves with us. So we start looking back at ourselves with our values, with our needs, with our emotions, with our way of looking at the world. And then we go, I know exactly how you feel. And I know you don't, you don't respect me yeah. because that's what I would do if I were in your shoes, if I take myself with me. Mm. But if I look at myself from an observer position and I le learn to shake all of that off and I go in with curiosity and go, wow, look at that, these two people interacting. I can change the way I deal with that person and the way I respect them in a in such a different way 
that it opens up possibilities that I would mm. have never had if I had just stepped into that person's shoes and gone, I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly what you're like. And that was, you know, for me, that was form. That was a mind blow. That uh, what was What's crossing my mind listening to you is I wonder whether we should, you know, there's Generation X and baby boomers and all of that. Mm. Maybe we are Generation Y because we want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> and once, you know, the way that you describe coming from someone else's perspective, I totally agree with you. When I come from everyone is is right from their perspectives yeah um and when i can come from someone else's perspectives and get them then i can build a bridge but if i'm going to be doing this it's like Mm. they're wrong i'm right why don't they listen then i'm as bad as them probably worse because i know there's an option and maybe they don't yeah well my my thing that i find is and you we've we've talked about this before is a highly underrated tool to actually find out what somebody is on about is the ability to ask questions. Exactly. Because <laughs> that is something that often doesn't happen. We go, no, no, I know exactly. I know, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. And, <sighs> and it, just, it just takes the conversation. It takes the perception. It takes the relationship in a direction that if I had yeah. just asked the question about, tell me more about that. And what yeah. does that mean? And yeah. what do you think about that? And um, mm. I'm not sure I understand that. That changes you know, the conversation and... Yeah. It's efficient where Mm. so many second guesses, and I used to be a second guesser. um, And I was doing it because, you know, I thought I was super psychic and I knew. And if I can think 20 uh, steps down the line and fix that, then it's saving all of this, but it's not. It's just creating 20 levels of chaos. And I know that when I was in school, I was far too self-conscious and shy and paranoid and self-judging and everything else to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I'd get to the end of the year thinking throughout the whole year, at some stage, this will make sense. <laughs> It'll come together. No, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, God, I remember that. I was so shy that I would whisper into another child's ear, please ask the teacher that question. And oh, they would look wow. at me and go, ah. so same thing. I would never have my questions answered. And I know that they, the teachers who I really resonated with were the, were the teachers who were, I would go up to them afterwards and I would say, may I ask you a question? And they would engage in a discussion with me. They wouldn't just pu- pu- push yeah. me away. They would say, great question. Or, you know, yeah. let me think about that. And, and, they, and, and I always say, what we teach people is we teach people what to think and not how to think. And yeah. when we teach people how to think, then we can have totally different relationships with each other. That's when we grow. That's when we expand. That's when we get the synergy. That's when we evolve as a, as a, you know, as, a, as the human race. But as you said, I, fear. absolutely. And I guess maybe in a way, the essence of what we're talking about, it's how do I adjust when I come from fear to coming from love? Mm. How can I be the love and share the love? How can I, rather than fear that people are going to think I'm stupid, maybe the first step is accept people are going to think I'm stupid or they might think I'm stupid, but more than that, engage. 
because yeah. there's nothing that I love more than people asking me questions. So I get mm-hmm. to engage with them, yeah. meet them where they are and walk together, not only so they get it, but so mm. it actually belongs to them. It doesn't yes. belong to me anymore. Yeah. It's what's your relationship with this and what are you going to do with it? Mm. I love it. Yeah. What a journey. I generally, say, a... I generally say to people, challenge me on everything. Mm. You know, mm. I have opinions about everything and I'm, I've got strong opinions about some things, but I'm not set in them unless they are, you know, then I will tell you if they're absolutely crucial to my who I am but I'm a fluid concept so I'm always willing to 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 challenge that but don't come to me afterwards when we've had a discussion and say I disagree with you when the conversation has finished you know and saying and then not being able to explain to me why you disagree with me but just I have a different opinion it's Mm. like you know be open to the possibilities that not you might I might be wrong you may be wrong and it's not right or wrong it's just there's a third or a fourth option. And if we, if we come from that place of, you know, you know, I, I don't know, it's, it's just the sense of, oh, this is just the way the world works. And we don't, we don't discuss it. That it, it I believe. Everything. Exactly. And that I believe is where we are now on this planet mm. is I believe we have a choice in how the world works. And I have absolute power with how I choose my world to work. I might not have absolute choice with everything to do with my body and what I put in it, because who knows what's in the, you know, the food, the drink, the water, the injections, the whatever, maybe it's all good, maybe it's not, and I can be paranoid. I may not have absolute power with taxes, society, but in my heart, in the way I conduct myself, in my communities, in my environment, I know where I have power. And it's up to me to step into that power and live and feel the world I wish to live in, into being. It's like this lockdown, this virus has been the game changer as far as I'm concerned. And even if it's not, I'm going to piggyback it and make it that in my world because I believe in what we're saying you know now I feel like bur- bursting into a 70s song about I believe in love or something <laughs> but believing it in it is one thing living it into being and this is what we can do now this is the big you know the clutch is down yeah. and we're changing gear here yes. so thank god for a conversation like this and the work that you're doing because it enables people to think well why am I thinking this How can I change the way that I'm thinking and expressing myself? What is my power? How can I respect myself and my actions and my thoughts more? Mm -hmm. And maybe what do I need to reevaluate? And for me, my trip has been unlearning rather Mm -hmm. than learning. Mm -hmm. So I can sit in those questions that maybe you and I didn't ask in class I can sit in them. I can find out about them beyond Google because Mm -hmm. Google will give me a limited perspective. I need to ask people, not just computers. I need to ask people who I'm scared of Mm -hmm. and possibly disrespect Mm -hmm. because if I disrespect them, there's a charge there and I know I really need to listen to them. 
that's where I feel my growth is going to be. Yeah. So that's that's exactly why when I look at somebody and I and, and I sense that I disrespect them, that's where I go. What is it that I disrespect about them? Is it something that I disrespect about myself? Am I projecting? There are all sorts of options. And I think that's, as you said, this is where we've got so much opportunity at the moment. Instead of polarizing, which I think is also a trend at the moment, if you're mm. not this, you know, we've got a whole bandwidth of that at the moment. I mean, like, you know, meat eaters versus vegans, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much judgment around it and so much disrespect as well for choices that we're making. But when we're starting to have a discussion about it and finding out why people think that way and what other ways of looking at the world are there, and there's a whole kaleidoscope of, of choices available for us and to us. And, yeah. and again, respect on every level. And that's why I think that's why for me and for you, I think I'm not saying that because I know you and because I know that that's, but I think we're both, in, both agreeing that that's why respect is so important. Exactly. Totally. And now I notice that I have a paranoia going in my head that there are going to be lots of comments coming in here. Are you anti-vaccine because you think there's something bad in it? And it's so interesting to listen to these things. And I know that when I name things, then it breaks the spell on my fear. Yeah, when I absolutely. ask a question, it breaks a spell on my self-judgment or paranoia. And the, another cheap line that I use very often is I name it rather than shame it and blame it. Yes. And the shame can have me withdraw, go into hiding and put on a bad show, become a fraud. I don't want to be a fraud. I'd rather be present and connected and vulnerable and live dangerously on the edge because that's where I grow. Yeah. And when I used to blame things, that was, oh, my God, so many stories and working out and withdrawing from life because mm -hmm. I'm a victim because and therefore nothing will shift. And yeah. this is my limitation rather than interesting stories, nice information, time to name it and remain present and connected and grow in love. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's a perfect place to Well, consider, consider the conversation continuing on another level, but maybe for today, this is a good place to stop. Thank you so much for your insight and for your perspective. I definitely Pleasure. will have lots of things to talk about with you further because I think there's a lot of stuff we, where we resonate with each other and I'd love to continue the conversation. Thank you everybody else for listening and hopefully this has given you some food for thought that you can take into your everyday life and you know, maybe make some changes that work for you and create the life that you want. You've been listening to Hashtag 52 Needs with me, Angela Heise. These podcasts are not created to provide answers, but to invite you to explore your own needs and discover what works for you. Find out more about my coaching and emotional intelligence programs by following Into Possibilities on Instagram at AngelaHeise.com and at my YouTube channel. And I'd love it if you shared this podcast with your friends, work colleagues and family. And I'll see you next time.